defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby League! Rugby League! Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Supercoach Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me tonight, as usual, is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Good, mate. A couple of weeks into the footy, absolutely bloody loving it back on the screens, mate. And Supercoach form's been pretty good to come back after the break. So it's good to see the boys were doing a bit at home and um, look to continue it on, mate. But absolutely loving it. Mate, and you are the spy. The spy side hit a bit of form this week. Yeah, punched out. I think it was about eleven fifty, eleven forty, eleven fifty. A couple of my sort of pods went okay, so I just think there's a bit of momentum, and uh, I'm coming for you, boys. Please spare me. Also joining us is 2019 Supercoach champion Des Creek. Desi, after a blistering week from you last week, back to the pack a little bit this week. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a rough week, super coach wise, but yeah, still, still enjoyed the week of footy nonetheless. A lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff to take away. Mate, you would have been the grimmest bloke on the planet as a manly supporter and a Tom Trebojevich owner when that pass was ruled forward on the weekend. Oh, yeah, I don't want to start on it. <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, much like Desi Hasler didn't really want to, but yeah. That's right. Yeah, sometimes it's it's just the way it goes. That's how super coach is. Sometimes you have you got to take the good weeks with the bad. You're not and wrong. Yeah, yeah, pretty abysmal one for me, but yeah, That's hopefully right. you can bounce back. <laughs> if I've learnt one thing from super coach, is that if you sit there and dwell on every little incorrect decision or every little thing that goes wrong or injury, you just you'll live a very unhappy life because there's some tough times in it. Um, fortunately, not one of them weeks for the mighty Kuma Stallions. We punched out twelve hundred and forty-one into 2,200 overall. So getting there towards the top, I had Bradman Best on my bench for the second week in a row and didn't play him. So that hurt, but I am pretty stoked to own him, not have to worry about trading him in this week. But, um, yeah, good signs for the Stallions. I did have Caelan Ponga, who I stuck with um, over that break when a lot of other people dropped. So happy to have him in my team, Um, which will start us on our first topic because the big question this week is, Teddy versus Ponga versus Turbo, the gun three fullbacks. Lads, it is becoming harder to work out. I was convinced it was Teddy and Turbo were the top two by a mile um, prior to this week. Ponga goes and puts 159 on one of the best defensive teams in the NRL and just says he's averaging over 100 now. Um, he is making it seriously tough. I'm going to quickly start on their next three fixtures they've got to help uh, help with that a little bit, and then I'll get your thoughts on who do you think the picks are. So Tommy Turbo and Manly, the next three weeks, play the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Sharks. So a toughish, pretty tough three weeks, although from what we've seen with the Broncos, I mean, that's a pretty nice matchup this week for him. Ponga and the Knights have the Storm this week, which is a tough one, into the Broncos, into the Cowboys. So a little bit, yeah, not, not too bad there except for this week. Tedesco has the nicest run of the lot of them. The Dogs this week into the Eels, which will be tough, into the Dragons. There is a lot of points waiting for James Tedesco there. And then he's not in the top three argument, but we will talk about him a little bit, and that's Ryan Pappenhausen, who comes up against the Knights this week, the Panthers, and then the Warriors. So a little bit, probably three hard games to assess there, aside from the Warriors, which is a pretty nice one for him. Um, Spy, I'll start with you, mate. 
can you can you nut out two of the top three out of Teddy Ponger and Turbo? Tell you what, mate. Um, it is getting harder by the week, as you mentioned. I always, everyone always thought Tommy and Teddy, which is obviously the the obvious thing. But the way Ponga played on the weekend against a very good Raiders team, albeit, however, a new edge defence on his left side where he loves to go. So it may have been a little misleading compared to the Raiders of last year. But the way he played, the, the way the Knights rolled forward and picked him up and just gave him ball in good space with numbers around him, Every time he touched it, he looked like scoring a try. He was unbelievable. He even, dare I say it, he even looked a shade quicker. He just looks fit and healthy. And he's – I had Tommy in my side coming in this week for the last two weeks it's been the plan. I haven't faltered. Watching Ponga, I'm sitting there today going, do I look to bring him in and and maybe just stick with him with goal kicking with the form he's in? I'm personally going to stick with Tommy this week, especially against Brisbane on a Thursday night. Pending on the weather being good, he could absolutely tear them to shreds. I'll I'll captain him as well. Uh, But, man, there'll be a very close watch on Ponga this weekend to see if he can – I mean, he'll back it up, but is he going to look as deadly as last week? So I think it's still Tommy and Teddy, but Kalen has closed that gap by a lot, and it wouldn't shock me to see him go to the top of that ladder pretty quickly. Um, and little Pappenhausen, we might get to a little bit later, but I still love him, and at, at his price, I still want to stick with him. So be Pappenhausen and Tommy Travojevic this week for me. Uh, but, gee, there's a close eye on Ponga. Very exciting from a football sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point you make there on Ponga. Just with the goal kicking behind him as well. Um, it's a little bit of a safety net in comparison to Teddy and Turbo. Um, very, very, very tough week. Des, what are your thoughts on the three, and and can you settle on a two, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm pretty much with the spy on this one. Uh, I, I think the two is still Teddy and Turbo for me. Um, but yeah, obviously Ponga, if he gets attacking ball, if he gets possession in the other team's half, I think he's better than both of them in terms of like what he offers in attack. And obviously with Bradman Best there, he's just going to keep looking to go for him. Once I think Pong is this type of player where if he has someone like that good in his team, he's just going to keep going back, back for them. I think that can be a serious combination. Um, but, yeah, I think it's still Teddy and Turbo. Um, yeah, I think they're just a slight more consistent. Yeah, I'm with you and I'm – I'm still with Teddy and Turbo as well. I currently own Pap and Ponga. Um, Mate, gave poor old Georgie. um, Georgie Williams had a really nice introduction to the NRL. They were three from three. He played really well again on the weekend, but when he jumped on his outside there and just skinned him alive, um, it was a lesson learned there, which Ponga does to everyone. But, I mean, he won't press you. Last night said, Bradman Best playing outside him. He's just going to absolutely relish it. I actually started with Anari Chuala because he was playing that left edge to get all that ball from Ponga. But when Best came back, Best is on the left side, Tuala's gone to the right. Um, lads, I'm a bit surprised that people are prioritising Turbo over Teddy this week. Teddy comes up against the Dogs, who read nothing into what they did against the Dragons, who were abysmal. Um, and then in another couple more weeks' time, they've got the Dragons. So... You know, Turbo's got that nice matchup against the Broncos, but Spy, are you surprised? I mean, you're one of them. You're going Turbo over Teddy. I'm Teddy every day of the week. Yeah, and I don't blame you for that, mate. Um, 
this is my thing. A, I haven't owned Tommy for quite a while, and he just knocks out 150s for fun. And I just want a piece of that action. That's taking nothing away from Teddy, who's he's just brilliant. He does it consistently. I think for me, though, potentially the Roosters have some more attacking threats in their side, whereas everything at Manly runs through Tommy. Not that they're not a good side either, but just their, their whole structure is based around Tommy. And I think he's more likely of the two to knock out say, a score of 205 or something absolutely outrageous. And if that does happen, I want a piece of the action. So that's why I'm grab- grabbing him, mate. Yeah, that's a pretty good, good shout. Um, oh, mate, it's a tough one. And the thing is, because the difference between their scores can be 150 plays 50, it's it's going to have massive um, repercussions. The way I'm looking at it, I think it's going to be once you've got a rock-solid 17 of scores and guns in your team – We've spoken before about how with a stack of trades, no origin and buy planning, we can chop and change players a little bit more and bring blokes in for one and two weeks. I can I'm going to be looking to bring in, chop and change these three players based on their matchup as much as possible, but you need to cement your 17 before you do that. I'm looking like I need to go – I've got Ponga there who I want to keep. I'm looking like I need to go Pappenhausen to Teddy this week. Desi, you own Pap still? Yeah, I do. I, I just I actually captained him this week. Bit of a failure. Um, oh yeah, he really he really looked like he was going to go ballistic fifteen minutes into that Storm Bunnies game, but yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, but yeah, I, I think that big score is around the corner. He's still pretty cheap. Hasn't really gone up or down in price. Um, he he was so close to sliding through so many times, but he just got taken one on one. Um, definitely wasn't tackle busting as much as I thought he would this year, but I, I think it's it's coming. I think the run of scores for Puppy is coming, so I'm holding. So you're holding Pappy and Turbo Spy. You're going holding Turbo and Pappy as well. Um, yeah, can I um got to speak about my boy Pappy for a minute, just because I'm I want a piece of the action. I just love this kid. I say it every time I'm on here, but the run he's had in the first four weeks. Nothing has gone his way. He had Manly in the first week of the season, and that was a pretty grinding affair. He then played the Sharks and scored 60. It could have been a heap more, but it just didn't fall his way. And he played Canberra and scored 55, again in a grinding affair. And then against South, like Desi said, he almost slipped through about five or six times. And if he gets through, he scores. He still scored 62. My biggest concern for Pap at the moment is Melbourne aren't quite as clinical as they have been in previous seasons just yet. I think as soon as they click, he could be knocking out 120s to 170s with ease on any week. But I'm just worried how long that's going to take to happen. I really hope it's this weekend or next weekend, and that's why I'm holding him. But that's probably my only concern around Pappy. But he could be just as good as any of the boys we've mentioned if Melbourne can get clicking. Yep. <coughs> and then another one of your bromances spies with Brew, uh, a, a ripping Twitter personality. And he has a really good question that I'm going to bring forward tonight because it impacts me and it impacts everyone this week, I think. Let's say theoretically you don't, hypothetically, should I say, you don't own Bradman Best or um, Harry Grant. They're the two trades you have to make this week. He asks, if you don't own Turbo, and that could be Ponga or that could be Tedesco as well, would you give him this week over Grant? Um, he said his second trade is Bradman Best. He says he's torn on cash V points, um, so he's trying to work that out. I personally am in this position, and I'm thinking I'm going – I can't quite go Pappenhausen to Teddy and keep Pong well uh, while getting Grant in for Braley. 
So I'm looking like I might have to bypass Grant this week, which will cost me about 60K, and then I'll be getting um, doing the Grant trade next week. Um, do you think it makes sense by that? that you, is there an option to forego Grant for this one week? I think it's very ballsy. Um, if, if, it you means, can't, if, if it means so you if you get turbo, if you want to do it, you want turbo to be scoring a hundred plus this week, absolutely, which you definitely could. The thing about Grant is, I'd really want to have a look at your side brew and see how much cash you've got to play with. Because once you're into position, my side at the moment, for example, is set to go. I don't need any more cash cows. So if I'm in that situation, I might go, okay, I've got the money. So I don't necessarily need the eighty to hundred k that Grant could bring you this week. And therefore, you can have a crack at Tommy and hope he scores the 150 versus Brisbane. But in saying that, if you're getting rid of Pappenhausen, I just spoke about how good I think he is. What if Pappenhausen scores 110, Harry Grant comes out and scores 80, playing 80 minutes, and Tommy scores 70? So that's obviously the beauty of Supercoach is it could just absolutely backfire or absolutely pay off if Tommy comes out and scores 150. I would personally lean towards getting Grant. I think he's that good. You can lock him into your team, in your 17, take his points, take the huge price rises of Best and Grant and upgrade Pappy in a week or two. That's my thoughts, but I can absolutely see why you might want Tommy right now. Yeah, that's a fair shout. I, um, if there's one thing I've learned from chatting to to Des and Walson, who were 1-2 last year, they've just had such an emphasis on take the points over cash. And it's probably the first time I'm really initiating that this week if I do go along with foregoing Grant until next week. Uh, but I will say, as you mentioned, Spy, that my reserves are all scoring quite well and there's a lot of money coming in, so I can afford to do it. So if you are set up, that has a big difference. Um, Desi, can you see a reason why you, you'd wait a week to Grant? Um, no, I'm, I'm going to be bringing Grant in this week. I'm in the position as well where I don't have Grant and I don't have Best. But I'm actually I'm actually choosing to get Grant over Best um, in this situation just because he's going to be playing 80 minutes most likely. I can see him just having a, re- a really good game. Um, I, I see him being pretty high in base starts. Um, I think he's just more consistent than Best. Best is probably going to rise a bit more in price, you'd say, but I think Grant's the better trade-in. And, like, I, I have to get rid of Milford personally, so... I'll probably turn him into Cam Monster this week. Um, but, yeah, I can't get them both in. I have to get rid of Milford, and I'm choosing to get in uh, Grant over best. Yep, that's a fair play, mate. Um, I did. I crunched a few numbers before the team list came out, and we'll get a bit more to Grant later, but no Billy Walters on the bench at the Tigers, so Grant looks like he'll be an 80-minute player. Um if they, if Best and Grant were to score 60 each, which might be a bit conservative for Grant now, and you know Best up against the Storm might be a bit generous. Um, Best would go up 153k, Grant would go up 113k. So in a cash scenario, you probably maybe want to go with getting Best in to save a few k. But you look at your team and do you need another hooker on your bench to strengthen your 17, or do you need a player at centre wing and get best in? So, you know, everyone will differ, but, yeah, anyway, some pretty contrasting opinions there. So I'm not sure if we've helped you much, Brew. But anyway. One thing I'll mention, one thing I'll mention, boys, is for something like that, Brew, you always have to trust your gut. If you're thinking you want to do Tommy because you think he's going to explode, then don't let anyone change your mind on that because if he scores 160, you'll have a tough week, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, guys, if you've been enjoying the 
the Supercoach Playbook content we've been putting out on the website from a bunch of our contributors. Uh, there is a subscription package available for our additional premium content each week. It'll give you access to hundreds of extra articles throughout the rest of the season, $30 for the NRL package, $40 for NRL and Big Bash, which we'll be covering in depth uh, at the end of the year as well. Um, you'll be you'll be supporting the site and helping it does, in, does survive into the future. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't want to do that, plenty of free content that you can enjoy as well, content as well. Um, let's get into the team analysis. The teams have dropped. There's some massive, massive changes going on. We'll start with the Thursday night clash between Manly and the Broncos at Manly. Manly are unchanged after last week's narrow loss to Parramatta. And, yeah, so, I mean, we, we've pretty well spoken about everyone at Manly. Tommy Chavoyevich is the main one. Um, you know, we know Fanua Blake and Tapao are going along okay, but nothing flash. Spy, anything to add there or – is it, is, Mate, is, is, not, not too much to report. Um, to power and Fanua Blake probably still on the watch list unless you own to power already. But yeah, nothing major to report. Just on Tommy Watch this Thursday, and looking forward to it. Desi, yeah, if you own Turbo, you basically have to BCM this game. There's no two ways about it. If the Broncos don't turn up, he'll punish them. He'll score Cap- one fifty. Captain you know him, he will. People. Captain him. Unless it's raining, captain him. Yeah. Or unless you like own James Tedesco like me and you're putting the C on him. But if you own both, good luck to you. <laughs> um, at the Broncos, fair bit going on here. Corey Oates finally gets his move to the back row. He's wanted it for years. Um, a couple of capitulations of the Broncos giving him that opportunity and injuries. Xavier Coates, exciting young winger, comes onto the wing. Katoni Staggs returns in place of Jesse Arthurs. Matt Lodge and Joe Offen Gowie join the starting pack. Ben Teo comes onto the bench for his first game in the NRL in about six years or something. Uh, Jamil Hopawade and Ethan Bullimore drop out. Um, in that move as well, Tom Flegler dropped to the bench. Um, Des, I'll start with you, mate. What are your thoughts at the Broncos? Yeah, I think uh, they definitely will want to bounce back after last week. I, I can see Haas and Carrigan staying pretty solid with their outputs, probably around 80 and 60 respectively. Um, Staggs is the one that'll be, I think, a good shout this week. Um, I think you could score a couple of tries against that manly left edge running it uh, at Dylan Walker. Um, also, Azarko, I'm undecided if I'm going to play him in this one. Probably not at this stage. I think maybe Lomax is just slightly safer. And obviously, for people trading in Bradman Bess, you'd definitely play him over both those two. But yeah, other than that, not much else out of the Broncos. Going to be selling Milford, that's for sure. Yeah, fair shout there. The, um, there were a lot of questions and a lot of panic around Jermaine Asako for a tough couple of weeks. But, look, I think when Brisbane get their pack back, they'll come good. Um, look, they're probably not going to be the side that we thought they were going to be after the opening couple of rounds. But once they get um, TPJ back, I think, next week, David Fafid is not far off as well. These sort of blows, I think they'll roll on. And blokes like Asako uh, will come good and Katoni Staggs. So I'd be holding Asako if I did own um, Spy. Yeah, I own a Sarko as well, and that's a big one for me in the coming weeks, whether I upgrade or even downgrade him. Now that Best has come in, I started with Best. I've actually got five decent centres, so I may be able to just downgrade him straight to someone worth 170 grand and really cash up elsewhere. So I'll have a good watch him this weekend. I may not play him because I really rate Manly. They're just a good defensive unit. They're a good team, um, but I agree with Des that Katoni Staggs is probably good enough to score against most sides, so... I think it'll be hard to leave him out. So it'll be really interesting to see how he does this weekend, back from his one-week suspension. And the other one, which was a little bit lucky, I was going to bring in Jamil Hopawadi last week purely for some cash for a few weeks, and I opted against it, and I took the extra 50 grand to a nuffy, 
and he's been dropped. So that makes me very happy, lads. Yeah, got out a little bit. Um, one to keep an eye on for next week is Corey Pax, who I actually brought in last week, which I had to do because Turpin, who I brought in the week before, got injured. Um, Pax played 63 minutes at hooker. I mean, he it was a baptism of fire playing against that Roosters outfit. Um, he's 171K and available at hooker, and he made something like 44 tackles last week and scored really well. Um, I think for next week he could be an excellent option at halfback, but obviously – with job security issues, you'd want to see what he dishes out this week and then see next week's team. So hold off on that one. Um, Warriors Cowboys, 6 p.m. on Friday at Central Coast Stadium. At the Warriors, Lachlan Burr replaces Isaiah Papali'i in the starting pack in the Warriors' only change. Um, lads, let's not dwell on the Warriors too much. Same as most weeks. Tanua Brown, he's charging along all right at prop forward. Elias Gatoa played 73 minutes on the edge. Didn't score that well, but while he's playing those minutes, I think he's a pretty safe bet in 17s. Um, so I'm going to jump across to the Cowboys where there's a stack going on. Ben Hampton, Jake Granville, John Asiata are out. Miso, Tabua, Cedar, Debut's on the wing. Reese Robson at hooker. Uh, Cohen Hess is back in the second row. Gavin Cooper moves to the bench. Um, Jason Taumolo named in the extended quad squad and looks like a chance of returning as well. Um, fair bit to dissect there. Um, Desi, do you know anything about why Granville's out for starters? Because that brings Robson into contention. And do we know why Ben Hampton's out? Not entirely sure, actually. But, yeah, I think I think uh, Robson's definitely a viable option. I know Walsh has big wraps on him as well. Um, if, he can, if he can maintain 80 minutes up there, he's a serious prospect um, long term. <laughs> For me, the Cowboys, there's only real three real prospects at the moment, being Drinkwater, Holmes and Masters. They pretty much all came crashing back down to earth this week, um, as I suspected they might. Um, and of those three, I mean, uh, we're also um, discounting Tamalolo as well at this stage. I think he'll play, to be honest. Um, and he's a captain option if he does, of course. But of those three of Holmes, Masters and Drinkwater, I think Masters the only viable long-term option from what I've seen. Um, he's the closest one to being a keeper in his respective position. Um, as good as Holmes and Drinkwater looked over the first couple of games, I think they just rely way too much on attacking stats to score, even moderately well. It's just too high, that reliance on attacking stats for my life. So if, if you own those two, it's a definite sell for me. Yeah, I agree completely on all three fronts there with you, mate. Spy? Yeah, with Masters, I mentioned a few weeks ago when Michael Morgan was was the other side that he might not see as much early ball because Morgan loves to either go to the line or give Masters early ball. And I've really noticed the last couple of weeks that he hasn't sort of seen that as much outside of Jakey Clifford, who's played well, by the way, but just a different style of attacker. So if you're a Masters owner or prospective owner, you'd really want Morgan back in the side. Uh, personally, I'm going to wait till he comes back, have a good look at how that play unfolds when he returns. Uh, but the exciting one's obviously the young fella. Oh, I cannot say his name. It's Taboo Fado. Hammer. But hammer. I actually – Hammer. Love the hammer. I started with Hammer and he's in my side. So if he looks bloody good, especially outside Valentine Holmes, I could I could play him this weekend even over someone like Staggs who plays Brisbane because Warriors, not necessarily that good. Valentine's in form. It'd be a bold play, but I might consider it. What do you think? Um. <clears throat> oh. I think it'd be ballsy, but, I mean, there's no reason why the Cowboys can't put a few on the Warriors. I mean, they're, mm. 
pretty flat last week, the Warriors. I think it's only going to get tougher and tougher the longer they stay out here. <clears throat> and, yeah, the way Val's been licking with Benny Hampton, assuming the Hammer does play on that left edge, yep. um, it's not a bad shout, but, you know, pretty ballsy. See how um, I'm feeling come Friday. <laughs> Friday, 7.55 p.m. at Bankwest Stadium. Eels v. Panthers, the Battle of the West. This will be a belter. Uh, at Parramatta, Nathan Brown returns at lock, bumping Murata near Cora to the bench, uh, and that is the major change there. Um, Spy, I'll start with you, mate. A fair bit going on at Parramatta. Not a heap going on supercoach-wise. Sean Lane, we know – not Sean Lane. Ryan Madsen looks a, a pretty in-and-out keeper. Stick with him. Um, Mitchie Moses and Dylan Brown's probably the other talking point. What do you reckon? I actually thought I was looking to potentially drop Mitch Moses last weekend for Turpin before that news came through. Um, I thought in the first few weeks he got a little lucky with his scores. A lot of the footy was going through Dylan Brown on the left edge, sweeping out to Gutherson. Um, the way Mitch he played on the weekend, he took the line on a lot more. He's a lot more direct. His kicking game's really come along. So I'm inclined to stick with him for a few more weeks and just see how it unfolds because – He's getting better by the week and playing some good footy. So I'll probably stick with him and just see how Cleary goes as well. That's that's the age-old question, Moses or Cleary. But um, he looked good to me, mate. Um, outside of that, my man, Mike Sivo, I'm just desperate to get him in, but I've got other priorities at the moment. And Parra do have a very tough run coming up. But as soon as it hits about round eight, he's straight into my side on that left edge. I think he could be absolute dynamite to end the year if he can stay healthy. Yeah. That's what you thought to Parra. Um, yeah, I thought Moses, I agree with this guy. Um, he looked real good. He was definitely running the ball. As a as a Moses owner all last year, I can say he was definitely running the ball a lot more this year so far. Definitely playing more eyes up footy. Um, as, as much as Brown's taking away his ball, I think Moses is just looking better. Like He's definitely a holder. I'm not too concerned. I think he's thriving with Brown there, to be honest. I can see some big scores coming pretty soon for Moses if he keeps attacking the line like that. He's he's looking a yard faster as well this year. But, yeah, I don't know which way this game's going to go. Um, I've got five players in it, obviously four from Penrith, three three of them being center wings and the other one being Coruscant as well. But, yeah, obviously that the Penrith um, team list is a bit strange right now. I, I would have expected Burton to come in, actually, and replace Luai, but he's on the bench. Um, but, yeah, I can see if, if Burden does come in, he'll be a serious super coach prospect, boys. I tell you what, um, if he can click with Nathan Cleary, um, yeah, Burden's he's, – he's something, isn't he? Um, yeah. Also, there's concerns over Kwell as well um, with Liam Martin on the bench. But I think he should still score relatively high. That's, that's my thought process behind it, like, if Kwell gets 65 minutes, he's still basically a keeper in the centre wing. Same goes for Yeo, who also didn't play 80, but he's still got 60 points. So they both still score pretty well, even on slightly reduced minutes. And they're pretty much keepers from, for mine in the centre wing. Yeah, yeah, all fair shouts, mate. It's, um, I, I don't know why the knives are out for Drome Luai this week. He, um, the Panthers are four from four, and off. Three and a half from four with the draw to Newcastle. Luau's been quite good. He hasn't set the world alight, but there was two games there where he had to step up in the halves with Nathan Cleary, who <clears throat> that ship completely um, for two weeks, and he got them through that period. Burton was impressive, absolutely, but he lacks a lot of experience. Luau's got a little bit more than he does. 
Um, pretty stiff for a side like Penrith, who didn't do great last year. Luai comes back in, not comes back in, but comes into the starting side <laughs> undefeated. So um, I think Luai would have been very dirty if he got dropped. But, again, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, Spy, what I can you see it coming. <clears throat> you know what? I'm with I'm with you, Tim. I actually thought Luai's last, last weekend looked the best he had in a long time. He sort of – he was a little bit scattergun in the first few weeks. Um, but as you said, played in winning sides. One of them was against the Roosters. Last week he was a bit more controlled and maybe a little bit more direct and not falling over and running in circles, which you can do at times. Yeah, rookie halves are, are far too often. Um, it'd be interesting to see what – what. yeah. Um, but Coach Cleary's got a big call to make and, yeah, it'd be very stiff for him to go. If he sort of struggles for a couple of weeks, maybe Burton comes in, but hold for now and – and we'll see what happens there. The big one for me, as as Des said, was is Capewell. Um, it'd just be interesting to see his minutes. He's played big ones the first two weeks, but at some point someone's going to have to have a rest. I don't know whether they're going to potentially rotate minutes for Capewell and Isaiah Yo. Maybe they play 60 and 80 each week respectively just to keep them slightly fresh, but that's a big watch. What's concerning for me is I'll tell you a quick story from the last weekend. I made a cardinal sin of Supercoach. I, I was looking to bring bring in Harry Grant early for Blake, Blake Braley, all set to do it, but I didn't want to go early just in case in the off chance that our boy Harry Grant tore a hammy or something Saturday morning. So I waited till late Saturday afternoon. I'd just gotten a new phone, and normally I set three or four reminders so I po- can't possibly forget to make the trade. My phone didn't go off. I was sitting there having a beer when the Sharks game started, and I just suddenly got this dreading feeling in my stomach that – Brake Bailey was still on my bench as a player and I'd forgotten to go to Grant, which, oh, goodness. It ended up costing me 30 points, which wasn't probably too bad, but it means I'm a trade behind this weekend and I was probably going to bring in Capewell for for Azarko. So quick shout-out to the Supercoach gods. If Capewell can please play 55 minutes this weekend and whoever I choose in the centres can go off, that would be brilliant because, gee, it's a tough feeling when you forget to do that. I've never done it before in 10 years. I've got to sort out these reminders on my phone ASAP. Ah, what a game it is. Yeah, that hurts, mate. I've, um, yeah, we've all been there. We've all done it before, and, and it does happen. I've got uh, Capewell and Yo in my centres. Brought in Capewell last week, and after he played 80 minutes, absolutely chuffed about that. Uh, I do think they're pretty well must-haves at centre wing, um, and Capewell gets his first price rise this week, so... It's not now or never for him, but he's going to be a bit see a big drive. I was there. Um, I get the idea that maybe Isaiah Yo played his, I think he played 57 or 58 minutes. Just backing up from that 90-minute game against the Knights, um, probably deserved a little bit of a rest. I think it was a pretty quick backup as well, so that's probably why. Uh, Rabbitohs Titans, Saturday, 3 p.m. at Banquest Stadium at South Sydney. A fair bit going on here. James Roberts and Cody Walker return to the back line with Braden Burns dropped and Troy Dargan also dropping out of the 17. Um, that meant that it was Alex Johnson. Johnston kept his spot on the wing as well. Um, Patrick Margot and Bailey Searin replaced Mark Nichols and Keon Kolomatangi on the interchange bench. Um, Des, at South Sydney, what do you reckon there, mate? They're sort of not looking overly impressive. Um, anyone take your interest? Yeah, I think this is the week South really come out of the woodwork. I think Cook and Latrell... Can, uh, they'll probably blow the house down against the Titans and come back on the Supercoach radar for a lot of players. Um, they're both relatively quiet opening months. They're two of the best Supercoach players there is. They're seriously premium players. Um, I can see them, yeah, both going 100-plus in this game. 
If I owned Cook, I would captain him absolutely 100% this week against the Titans. He's, he's still the absolute premium player in the game. Um, I actually know a few people who are floating the idea of going um, Coruscant and Braley out to both Cook and Grant this week. So that's a seriously pod move, um, and it could make some ground on the competition if the Rabbits absolutely hammer the Titans here. Mate, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm with you. And of note, the Bunnies play the Warriors next week as well, so that is two seriously good matchups. And I'm with you. If there wasn't a few more, I'm happy with how my team's sitting. There's not too many issues, but there are other priority trades this week. But, man, Latrell Mitchell and Damian Cook, that is, you're right, that is a massive pot <clears throat> way to go Cook instead of um, from, from going Apicorus out of Cook. It's And Melbourne have a pretty tough – oh, sorry, Penrith have a really tough next two to three weeks. So if you have the nads to do it, go for it. Uh, Cam Murray went back to 62 minutes last week playing in the middle – um, but hopefully he can jag some attacking stats. <clears throat> His base stats did go up a little bit despite playing less minutes, so not too concerned there. Um, Spy, the rabbits? Mate, I own zero bunnies at the moment, so you come on the Titans, step up, make a game of it. But the concern is um, for people that don't own any rabbitos, it's 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon at Bank West. A dry track out there is serious super coach scoring. At night it's a different story at times because it can get quite dreary, but – yeah, there's merit to bringing in any of those guys we just mentioned. Yeah. Um, at the Titans, no changes for a winnings tit- winning Titans team. Um, not too much to talk about there. Mo Fodawaka is going off tap at the moment and producing some serious numbers. Um, he's one to consider, but just with the volatility of that squad at the Titans at the moment, I'd, I'd be a little bit nervous to go him in, even though I think he's got a break-even, single-digit break-even, so he will make a fair bit of money. Um, one for pod hunters, I suppose. Again, a bit of a risk. Um, nothing else going on there. The only thing is Jai Arrow. Spy, you're an owner. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a funny one, Jai. Um, he's playing limited minutes, but he's still averaging 65, and he's still yet to score a try or set one up. So I'm definitely holding for now because I only need him to play the odd 70, 80-minute game to really explode, and I can obviously look to moving on, move him on if need be once the dust settled. Just quickly, lads, I own a bloke from the Titans that, possibly no one has heard of and known in the whole of Australia may own. And it's on the back of my Saturday night stuff up last week. I had to make a trade because I didn't want to waste it with everything we've got. And I dropped down one of my non-players down to Jamin Jolliffe, who's come on and he's averaging 35 per game. So if the young lad who actually looked all right off the bench last weekend, uh, if he can make me a hundred grand, I'd be absolutely stoked, but that's totally irrelevant for everyone but me at the moment. But these are the things that happen. Come on, Jermaine Jolliffe. Knights <laughs> <laughs> um, v Storm, Saturday, 5.30pm at Central Coast Stadium. Um, the Knights run changed, although, yeah, Phoenix Crossland is on standby for the injured Kurt Mann and Lachlan Fitzgibbon could also be a late inclusion. Um, we've spoken about Caelan Ponger in depth already. Um, Kurt Mann ticking along quietly with a 51-point average, earning some decent money there. He can be moved on in a couple of weeks. Um, Spy, any sort of major thoughts at the Knights? We know David Clemmer's ticking along pretty well as well. Yeah, I mentioned probably a few weeks ago that I was really concerned about Clemmer's minutes, but the way he's offloading in the footy, he's been given a license to offload. He's nonstop in the middle. That really offsets the lack of minutes, and he's killing it. So he's someone I'll have a, a big target on in my front row in the coming weeks. Yeah, we just we needed a bit of a sample size to see if he could um, continue with his points per minute and these big numbers in lesser game time. Now, we're four rounds in now, and his points per minute has gone through the roof. So if you're interested in Clemmer, he's proven that he's still going to be an elite prop forward option this year. So um, jump on him if you are interested. Um, Desi, anything to add at the Knights? 
Um, no, nah, pretty much it's just all eyes on Bradman Best, see if he can produce the three centuries in a row or whether the Storm can contain him. Um, I, I think actually the Knights come in here with the upper hand. They probably, they're, you'd have to say they'll probably beat them an out of form Melbourne Storm team here. Um, obviously, the battle of the fullbacks is the one most people will have their eyes on as well. But yeah, hopefully, I'm just hoping the game doesn't turn into a forward slugfest, um, which it might actually become um, with Clemmer and those lads going up against it against the Melbourne forward pack. But yeah, I think Clem, I had him in my final 17 last year and I'll, I'll look to get him in my final 17 this year as well, especially with the offload there. Hey, do either of you lads know <laughs> which edge Brenko Lee played last week when he came in? He was right edge in defence, so that would be Bradman Best in attack and Ponga, which is huge. So that, if it does stick play, <laughs> which is a terrifying prospect for poor Ponga, <laughs> um, Good player on his day, Brenko. Defensive decisions are not his strong suit. Ponga is just – I mean, you don't really need to explain it, but he's just ele- – he's so much better on the left edge than he is on the right edge, even though we did see him skin Elliot Whitehead. Um, he's a freak both sides. But the left side is his strong side every day of the week, passing, stepping, all of the above. He, Him and Bradman could terrorise Brenko. I'm a little bit surprised Brenko's playing actually with Craig Bellamy there, and you know maybe that does change come game day, but we'll see. Three um, tons in a row for Bradman. How good? Oh, not, not since the 40s. Yeah. Back him in. And Desi, you have some pretty strong thoughts on Cam Munster. Yeah, um, I'm bringing him in. Milford's got to go. Munster's just by far the best 5'8 in, um, in Supercoach. I mean, last year, Cody Walker gave him a run for his money. But um, as I said to Walson, who was thinking of maybe bringing in Cody Walker, I think I don't think he can replicate that this year, even with the with the new rules, which should suit him. He, he just scored so many fluky tries last year, whereas Munster's just so consistent with his tackle busting, his <clears throat> offloads. He gets so much attacking ball. I think he's an absolute must-have of 5'8 if you don't have him. That's it. And then especially being the being the absolutely dominant half in that side. Um, I mean, Jerome Hughes has gone now for two or three weeks with, I think, a busted hand. Riley Jacks comes in. Munster just, when Munster wants the ball, he gets the ball. You know, you might look at a, a club like Parramatta where Brown and Mitchie Moses are sharing the ball. It's Munster's ball when he wants it. So, I mean, it looks like after a, a tough opening couple of weeks, he's just, he's the man to have it at 5'8". So, make plans to get him, him in as quick as you can. Uh, spy anything to add there of note? Oh, I second that, Desi. I started with Munster, actually on the back of some of your advice in the first podcast, and he's so enjoyable to own. Even on the bad days, he still busts out 45, but the last two weeks under the new rules and the fastness of play, he looks absolutely deadly. So good. Yeah. Saturday, 7.35 p.m., Tigers v. Raiders at Campbelltown Stadium. <laughs> um, the Tigers with a bit of a reality check there. Michael Maguire, Madge not happy about things, rings in the changes. Robert Jennings, Benji Marshall, Luke Garner, Oliver Clark, and Billy Walters make way. Tommy Tellout, rookie, young gun, named on the wing. Josh Reynolds at 5'8", Zane Musgrove at prop. Chris Lawrence in the second row, Russell Packer and Michael Cheekham joining the bench. Tell you what, Madge is one of the more composed coaches in the end. I mean, he's good for a fire-up, but as far as his dis- um, team decisions go. He's normally pretty stable with uh, what he selects. Far out. He's just <laughs> to bits and pieces. Benji Marshall, I thought, was hard done by there. It was only one bad game, but anyway, he's made his decisions. Spy, what's happening at the Tigers? 
Well, I'll tell you what, for any of those 38 blokes that got dropped, they, one of them maybe should have knocked that ball dead and scrambled to win the game last weekend. They'd all still be there. But I can understand after a loss to the Titans that you'd might want to potentially shake things up a bit. I actually don't think the Tigers have been that good this year, apart from maybe the Sharks game. Uh, they were lucky to beat St. George, so... I think despite a couple of wins, they might have needed a little broom through them. Benji's interesting. Obviously, maybe there's a bit more to that. Maybe they're giving him a rest and giving Josh Reynolds a game. Who knows why? Obviously, he's had a tough year, but he just might provide a bit of extra attack. In terms of super coach, Nofaluma's still killing him. I'm just waiting for him just to go a game without an intercept or a chip and chase try or, or one of those ones. It'll happen, but obviously great for owners. Harry Grant's a very exciting watch, 80 minutes by the looks of things. I'm a Luciano Leilua owner, and he's just ticking along pretty nicely at the moment. I, um, he's probably not a long-term keeper, but he's just doing the job and uh, making sure I don't have to trade him just yet, which is nice, making a little bit of cash. Um, and the other big watch is someone I don't own, and I think you boys do, is Alex Twole. It's a four-forward bench at the moment, so interesting to see how his minutes play out. I think you mentioned before, Tim, off-air that – Either way, he'll still punch out some nice numbers for you. But if he's going to be a real keeper, I think he might need to be playing 70-plus uh, long-term to be in your 17. Yeah, he's a lot <clears throat> David Clemmering, but he, given the extra minute, he's a bit more conservative in his running and even his defensive efforts as well. So his numbers do drop. But basically, I think he played 76 minutes again on the weekend for, I think, 64 points. Um, if he keeps up those minutes, he's pretty close to a must-have in the front row. But... Probably not the absolute out-and-out gun we were thinking he might have been. Um, bit like you, I was of all those cuts to to that side. I'm happy to see Luciano still starting in the back row. Um, Des, what do you reckon of the Tigers? Yeah, I think the biggest news is obviously Harry Grant set to play 80. Um, he's, I'll definitely be buying him, playing him off the back of that news. He'd be absolutely crazy not to. He just looks so spookily similar to uh, Damian Cook when he darts out of dummy half and has the defense scrambling. Um, I think he might be able to slice through some of those big Raiders forwards late in the game when they tire up and potentially a cheeky pod captain option this week, Boners. Oh, wouldn't that be <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, that's brave because Raiders off the back of a loss last week will be defensively fired up. And I actually think their middle forwards – especially in the last year and a half, they've been a lot better. Two years ago, no doubt, Harry could have torn him apart. But uh, look, in saying that, if you do take the pun on him, his work rate's so good, he'll probably score you 65 anyway. So I don't mind it, Desi, but gee, it's brave with other options this <laughs> week anyway. Yeah, that um, that's it. The last, the Tappany and Whitehead on the edges, Corey Horsburgh, then and then big Joshy Papali. They're, they're such an agile forward pack now, as you said, Spy. They weren't two years ago, um, but they are now. So they have tightened up in and around the ruck. Even you saw the damage the Knights did on the weekend. They did win the battle up front, but all the damage was done on the edges. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, the Raiders are unchanged despite having their first loss of the season. Um, I started with Joey Taps and Big Red, Corey Horsburgh, at the start of the year, and they're ticking on beautifully for me. I think they're averaging about 59 points. That'll be an upgrade in a couple of weeks. Um, Georgie Williams is on fire at the halves. I think the Raiders have got belted and he had his highest scoring game of the season. Um, what do you reckon of the Raiders, Spy? Geez, a good-looking footballer, Georgie Williams, isn't he? Um, even last weekend when they were trailing, he was the go-to man to really bring it out. And there was a couple of things he nearly did, a couple of chip and chases, took the line on, just looks threatening. and He just looks a real footballer, as they say, just a real natural talent. And he understands the game. So he's exciting for the Raiders. And if you started with him in Supercoach, you're dead set cheering. So well done there. 
Um, the rest of the side, like you said, Big Red and um, Tarfany have been brilliant for you and, and owners. And with Bateman out long term, that's very useful because you, you can upgrade them when necessary. Big Red made about 55 or 60 tackles on the weekend. And he had 40 by half time. Shades of Shawnee Fensum. So good on him. The big fella's um, fear than he looks, I'll tell you. But outside of that, um, not not too much to talk about at the Raiders for me. Anything to add there, Des? <coughs> No, no, just that I'm dirty that I didn't start with those three guys, the Williams, <laughs> yeah. Tottenham and Horsburgh, because I was going to start with all of them, and yeah. I decided not to. Hey, what edge is Joey Leilua? He's right edge defence, so that will be Jared Croker's side. Coach and Jackie White, and you know, if George had that, <clears throat> that would make him even more enticing this week, but I think you'll see a lot of ball go to that left edge. Ricky will know BJ's game inside out, and I reckon they will send a lot of attack. <laughs> That end. Tell you what, I'll make a prediction. I reckon Joey Leilua gets Sinbin this weekend. I might not get good odds on that, but if they can get through <laughs> him and tear him up, they'll fire him up too. Yeah. Uh, Bulldogs versus Roots is Sunday at 4.05 p.m. at Bankwest Stadium. Uh, I personally think this could be a shellacking. We saw what the Roosters did to the uh, Broncos last weekend. Um, you know, I know they're a bit of a basket case at the moment, but the Broncos are still a better football side than the Bulldogs. Oh, day game, I think this could be anything for these Roosters players. Um, and not, I mean, the only thing I'll touch on quickly at the Dogs is Will Hopawade, who finally Dean Pay, who I like as a coach given what he's got in his team, um, has put Will Hopawade back to fullback and Wateniz Lesney out to the wing. I just... I can't believe he didn't start the season with it. Hopper is the best fullback in that side by a mile, and we saw how different a team they were with him back there. Um, Kieran Foran added a lot as well, but so much was on the back of actually having a ball player at fullback. Dallin Matenius, there's that run for over 200 metres and had his probably best game of the season as well on the wing. So um, there's nothing else going on at the Dogs. At the Roosters, however, Tedesco's return pushes Ryan Hall out of the back line. BMOS shifts to the wing in the only change to the 17 that thumped Brisbane last week. Um, Desi, you called Crichton as a pod last week and he punched out 125 and was enormous. Mitchell Orbson has again been named in the reserves. He's got a few things going on off the field. Are you interested in him or is that – oh, I know personally I'm worried about Orbson there coming in and stealing his minutes. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be a worry, but I mean – if Robinson's smart enough, he'll know that Crichton's the man to play for 80 minutes after what he saw last week. I mean, I, I just don't think Orbison's going to be much of a threat to him anymore. Um, Crichton's obviously a much better player. Um, yeah, I, I can see the appeal of bringing him in. Probably wouldn't bring him in this week, though. I, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I can see the appeal of bringing in Teddy and captaining him, but... I don't know. I think the dogs might actually be up for this one. Um, I can start. I know the Roosters will probably win comfortably. I don't expect um, the dogs to really put up a huge fight, but I, I don't see Teddy or Crichton or any of those guys breaking any super coach records this week. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with you on Crichton in that I've been saying for two years that I can't believe he's not an 80 minute back row at the Roosters, but I mean they've won two comps and Trent Robinson's done all right for himself, so. I'm just scared he's going to stay loyal on Orbison when he does uh, get back to fitness and play footy. But, you know, a few points in that time for Crichton. So keep a watch on team list if you are bringing in Crichton this week. I'll be bringing in James Tedesco and putting the C on him. I think he can go massive. Luke Keary, I've been talking about him all season but haven't had the nads to bring him in. Uh, He's got a really nice three-round average going of 70 or 80-odd. 
a nice couple of matchups in the next three weeks. I think he's an enormous pod, um, potentially, if you want to stray away from Cam Munster. Um, Spy, anything to add to the Roosters? Um, I'll just quickly bounce back to the doggies. Um, you mentioned Will Hopawati. If he stays at fullback, he's a serious option in your centres for your supercoach side. If you just want to plug someone in, he'll have 20 to 25 runs a match with a couple of offloads and the ability to get a try assist. He's a pretty safe play, and he does have a big game in him every now and then. Obviously, being at the dogs, it makes it tougher, but he still scored well for the dogs. So just one to keep an eye on. In terms of the Roosters, I actually agree with Des that I think the Dogs will really show up this week. Again, Roosters might end up winning at thirty to six or thirty to two or something like that, which is which is probably plenty if you're a Teddy owner and a captain. But I just don't see it being a fifty nil similar to last week because the Dogs have a lot more heart than Brisbane based on last week's performances. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if they can just show a bit of fight, and I hope they can. Um, they won't win it, but really interesting watch. And on Crichton, I'd be terrified to bring him in, but he might be a point of difference play if you do, if you can hold his spot. Yeah, yeah. All fair, that's the um, it's the only thing is, and, and he nailed it. The dogs are full of heart, and I admire him so much for that. The Broncos, not so much at the moment, but I mean, we saw what Manly did to them um, a couple of weeks ago, put the points on there, and I just think the Roosters can just double whatever they just did. Yeah, fair. Um, Dragons v Sharks, Sunday, 6.30 at Campbelltown Stadium. Um, I mean, there's not much to talk about the Dragons. Well, there is. There's one <clears> to talk about the Dragons. Ewan Aitken replaces the injured Braden Williami at centre. Tyrell Fumayono starts in the second row for Tarek Sims, and Matt Dufty joins in the change. Fumayono, one to watch, uh, now starting the second row, if you can hold that spot, but Sims is out with a wrist injury. Um, had Cameron McInnes the last two weeks. I think he's punched out 83 and 90-odd with a mountain of tackles available this year as a dual hooker second row. Desi... He looks pretty close to a must-have, McInnes. Oh, he is. He's absolutely a must-have. You literally can't go wrong with him. He's just – he makes so many tackles, and now that he's getting a spell um, with Isaac Luke spelling him, he's, he's also running the ball as well, and he looks pretty dangerous. He's quick. Um, he's busting tackles everywhere. He's offloading. I think he's a must-have at second row forward, and, yeah, I just you just can't go wrong with him. Yeah, he's we too talk- good. We talk about these agile back rowers and, you know, your Brandon Smith, your Victor Radley, your Cam Murray, who are going to be the big beneficiaries of the new ruck rules and the, the quicker play the balls. McInnes, behind that, if the pack can ever get themselves going and get a bit of momentum and go forward <laughs> in the middle, McInnes could be anything. Any scores so far, I don't think he's had a single attacking stat aside for maybe an offload or a tackle bus. So, mate, he just looks incredible. Um, Spy, anything to add at the drags? Yeah, just straight on the back of that, McInnes is a freak. What a little legend he is. Um, only concern will be, and I don't know the stats on this, but how's his injury history? Because he's not a big fella, and the work he does is immense. So can he go through the season uh, without an injury? I'd probably like to look into his history before I do anything, but very hard not to own. What a little little legend he is. Yeah. Um, at the Sharks, fair few changes here. Chad Townsend, <clears throat> she's Matt Moyland, a fullback, and Will Kennedy out of the 17. Mwene Harodi replaces Ronaldo Molitalo on the wing, who I believe is injured. Uh, Andrew Fafita starts at prop. Tony Rudolph goes back to the interchange, and CSC for Talakai drops out of the side. Um, a few supercoach points of interest at the Sharks, uh, and probably the big thing for them is they have a really nice draw coming up. I think three of the next four, four weeks they're playing something like the the Dragons, Warriors, and Titans with the Seagulls in there as well. So guys like Sean Johnson, uh, Jesse Ramian, um, pretty enticing at the moment. Spy, what are your thoughts, mate? 
Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big one. It's hard to figure the Sharks out at the moment, but Jesse Ramian, our boy, had a pretty big one last week. We were both cheering about that because uh, he'd been on the chopping block. Um, Shawnee Johnson still concerns me a little bit, as I spoke about from his running point of view. He just looks so slow now, but in saying that, his ability to – he still had three tries on the weekend despite not playing that well. So, look, against weaker sides, he's still got the ability to rack up some scores or at least – do a real good solid job for the next month for your team while you, you sort out the rest of it. So you'd be happy enough as an owner for now. Um, outside of that, just quickly bounce back to the the Dragons. Fuma, I know, um, I can't remember if you mentioned, but if you own him in the centres, he looks set for 80 minutes on an edge this week potentially. So he could be a nice little plug and play for those that own him. Um, but outside of that, that's probably about my thoughts, lads. Yeah, they've got Marin and Laurie on the bench there who'll both play through the middle. Isaac Luke will come on for McKinnon, who moves to the back row um, at lock. And Matt Dufty is obviously a fullback, so it's a good shout for him. I know if that team does stay the same, he's probably playing 80 minutes. So a, a good shout for 17s if you want to plug him at centre wing. Um, Des, anything to add at the Sharks? Um, just that, if, as, as Spice saying, SJ's looking a bit slow. If there's a team that can make him – Go from slow to fast real quick and look like a world beater. It's the Dragons. <laughs> yeah. um, this is this is the game where SJ finds his form for me. And I, I think he – I mean, it would take some guts, but you could captain him this week, I reckon, and you could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah, I've um, – if they were playing – if the Sharks playing the Storm, Raiders and Roosters next three weeks, I'd be very worried about SJ. But fortunately, <laughs> they've had this beautiful run of games coming up, probably outside Manly to a degree. Um, so – John has got a month to prove himself, and then if he's going no good in that next month, where well, he should tick along okay at least, um, yeah, we'll, we'll reassess from there. Um, that's it for the the teams this week, guys. Um, let's have a look at trades for the week. We've spoken about them a little bit, but Spy, um, what trades are you looking at? So I'll be getting Tommy Trevojevic in, um, up from Scotty Drinkwater, who just came into my side for a couple of weeks to – bridge a gap while Ponga was out. That obviously didn't work out real well with Ponga last weekend, but that's super coach for you. So Tommy's coming in, and the other one is Harry Grant, the one I missed last weekend. Still frustrated, but I'll move on in the next couple of days from that at some point. Um, so Harry Grant in for Break Bailey. What are you eyeing off, Des? <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've pretty much only got a couple of options, but, yeah, I'm pretty much settled on doing Braley to Grant and Milford to Monster. And uh, looking to get Bradman Best in the week after. I think uh, even though he might rise in price a a fair bit, he could be a keeper in the centre wing. Um, I know a a fair few people will be looking to go puppy to Ponga or Teddy. But, yeah, beware is what I say. (laughs) I'm looking at doing the same tactic with um, missing Grant for this week. I already own Bradman Best, but going puppy to Teddy – um, and then downgrading elsewhere just to just make that trade happen. Um, and then it'll be Grant straight in next week. Um, Spy, who's your captain, vice captain at this stage? Just straight captain on Tommy Trojevic at the moment. As I said, as long as the weather's dry, he'll be my skipper this week. Um, and I really hope he can do a job on the Broncos. My only slight concern might be that Brisbane should get absolutely caned this week. So they might be up for a big game. But with the side they've got and the forward pack they've still got out, Darius Boyd's still in the centres. Mate, I think you have to have Tommy. He just looks so, so good. Uh, that's that's for my side anyway. Des? Yeah, I was initially going to go VC on Turbo, but I think I'm going to follow the spy and just straight see him. 
Yep, nice. I'm uh, thinking straight – well, straight C. The, the C on Teddy is skip. I think he can go huge. Um, and then the VC on Cam Murray, um, who has a nice matchup there against the Titans. And if they can get a bit of a roll on through the middle, which I'm not convinced they can at the moment, the Bunnies. I think they're a bit uh, bit sceptical whether or not they've got that go for they have in the past. And they're a little bit light on in the middle, and that's why Cam Murray's had to move back to lock. But – Again, the Titans, aside from last week, haven't been overly impressive. So if Cam Murray can jag a try or two, he could go big. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, pretty pretty safe moves all around there, lads. Um, let's jump into a few questions. First one from Lockie Patton. It was a really interesting one, I thought. <coughs> he asked, random question, but do you think if Munster was still playing fullback, he would be in the argument with Turbo and Teddy of being <coughs> in the game at that position? What do you reckon, Spy? Firstly, such a good question. He sounds like the kind of bloke we could have a beer with and talk some footy. Um, <laughs> I'm, I did have had a little think about this before we went on air. I had to look up some stats. I think Munster would be just below them. He's such a gun, but Tommy and Tur- Turbo, uh, sorry, Tommy and Teddy are very, very special. I think he'd just be a tier below, but still be an absolute freak nonetheless. Des, could he match them? <clears throat> yeah, he could. I think if. Yeah, I mean, you, you can see what he does with a bit of space, um, a bit of ball. He can bust tackles. He's got the he's got the pace. He's got the offload. I, I don't see why he couldn't. Actually, I might have already changed my mind. He probably could. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: when he was playing fullback for the Storm, there as a younger bloke, he was having like twenty-five plus runs a game. You imagine the amount of attacking stats, and in particular tackle breaks and offloads that had come with that. Um, that being said, I don't think you can probably quite match Turbo and Teddy because I just think they're just out of this world at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it's a great question. <clears throat> um, what have we got here? Uh, we've spoken – yeah, well, Barry McCormick asks, is this the week to bring in Luttrell? Um, he says he already has Grant, Best, Cleary, Teddy and Lolo. Or should he play it safe and go Ponger or Capewell? <laughs> I mean – Pong is the obvious one, but he's not forced to bring in that grand or best or any of these guys. So, look, if anyone's in a position to take a smoky on the trail, his team's pretty well set up to do it, um, aren't they? Des, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the sort of trade that's dependent on your rank. If you're not ranked too high, you may as well take the risk and bring in the trail. He could put a serious number on the Titans, I reckon. Um, but, yeah, if you're ranked highly already, it could be crazy to take a risk like that. I'd go capable if you're rank in the top thousand or something like that. Yeah, fair play. Spy? Yeah, agree with that. Depends on your rank. Um, I, I can see the logic in having a crack at Luttrell. Nice little point of difference play, but I'm just not sure he's there yet physically and also with the South Pack not going quite as well as they were in previous seasons. I'd, I wouldn't be doing it, but don't let that scare you off because with the run they've gotten against the Titans, who knows, if they come out firing, Trell could turn up. Any yep, day of yeah. the week, but it's a no from me. But back yourself, mate, if you want to have a do it, have a crack. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm not sure Latrell will finish in the top four point scoring center wings for an average for the end of the year. I don't think he will, based on his start. But I did th- do think over the last seven or eight rounds, he'll be in the top four averaging center wings. So I think there'll be a time. It's probably probably still three or four weeks away till he gets that um, the match fitness and his ball playing has come along quite well, which I thought might take a lot longer. But he's looking pretty sharp with ball in hand at the moment. Um, but man, that match up this week and then the Warriors next week is pretty enticing. John Jeffries also a Bunnies related question. Thoughts on he says thoughts on ignoring the Grant Braley trade 
and trying to get cooked for this weekend. We, well, we've kind of already covered it, but um, Des, you you don't mind it? Yeah, I, I reckon it's a solid play. I mean, also dependent on where your range, but I, I think Cook could go huge, and he's obviously a keeper. Um, whereas Grant may not be, he probably is, but I think Cook's just a class above everyone else at hooker. It's the points play, isn't it? It's the points points via yeah. cash. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, Vance Smith say, asks, would you get rid of Asako, Milford, and Sione Katoa, or hold on to them for their easy runs? So basically, hold or sell Asako, Milford, Katoa, spy. I'd get rid of Milford now if I owned him. Um, that's not to say he can't come good once they get some forwards back, but by the time that happens, he could be very cheap, and I think there's probably better options out there. Asako is a potential hold. I'm going to hold him, um, especially against the Titans in a couple of weeks. He could go huge. And Siona Katoa, he's looked okay, so it depends if you've got other pressing issues for mine, but probably out of those three, Milford, I would look to move on, depending on your team balance. Yeah, I'd be holding Asako, selling Milford, selling Katoa, um, and Desi has already answered that one as well. Um, we touched on it a little bit, fellas, but, I mean, it is a good question that a lot of people are going to have to worry about this week. Um, I'll start with you, Spy. Is Masters a sell if you're upgrading him? Say you're upgrading to Isaiah Yo. Is he a sell? It's I'm leaning towards no. It really depends on your, your centre makeup, though, and who the rest of your team is. I think Masters will still have a very good year once Morgan returns, and he's still going okay. So it probably depends on the rest of your centres. I'd Personally, I'd want to trade someone else to Isaiah Yo, for example. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Cooper McKenzie asks, thoughts on bringing in SJ for Milford with his price drop and upcoming draw? I'll go to you, Des. Um, you have that conundrum as well. Uh, you're going to Munster, so it's probably a no from you, I'd say. I mean, anyone for Milford, really, right now. You've got to know when to let go. I think SJ's a huge upgrade from Milford, to be honest. And with that draw coming, I think it's a good trade. Yeah, and Munster's also probably about 100k or close to more expensive. So, you know, if it's a financial issue, um, maybe that's a fair shout. Spy, would you consider SJ with his run um, for Milford instead of Munster? <clears throat> if you can afford Munster, I'd go straight to Munster, no doubt. Um, but I can understand the logic. As you said, on the finances, if you can only get SJ and not Munster, then he's a fine play for a couple of weeks to see how things roll out. Yep. Uh, Codes in the last question for us asks, hey, boys, in a bit of selection rut this week, if you could only trade one this week for the price rise, who would it be, Best or Grant? Des has answered it, and Des is going with Grant. Um, Spy, if you had to choose between the two, going. Depends on the centres you have. If you're set in the centres and you're happy with things, then um, you probably don't necessarily need Best. Uh, you can bring in Grant. You know he's going to do a hell of a job for you in your 17, which is great. Best a little bit more risky against Melbourne is my only thoughts. But to be honest, it's it's a bit of a toss of the coin. They're going to make similar cash. Both are probably going to be keepers long-term or at least for a while. So it just depends on your centres, mate, how they're looking. If you need to upgrade them, if you've got a weak centre or someone you need to downgrade to best, then I don't mind that play either because he's looking pretty deadly. Yeah, yeah. mate. Um we had stacks of questions come in across all our socials this week. Um, continue to send them through. And we'll do our best to answer <clears> at on SC Playbook at Facebook and then Twitter and Instagram at SC Playbook One. So jump on there and take a look and have a look at the site if you're keen as well. Heaps of content there. Um, 
we do rotate between the four of us most weeks. We're trying, we, we might try and get the fourth person jumping on and answering a few of those questions for you. Um, so we'll do our best to get to those if we can. Uh, anyway, boys, that's a wrap for tonight. Spy, been good, mate. Yeah, good session, lads. Um, good luck this weekend and go the boys. Go Tommy Trevojevic. Desi, another strong performance from you. Hope you can bounce back. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yep, definitely going to try my best to bounce back. <laughs> Boys, class is permanent, mate. Don't you worry. The amount of positions we could change, you two having Tommy Turbo and me not, and you captaining him, and then me vice versa with <clears throat> Tedesco, mate, <laughs> this time next week, there could be very different attitudes based on those two players. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, that's it for tonight. Thanks for listening, guys.